Welcome to the Storyform Podcast, where we journey together at the intersection of faith and story. I'm your host, Will Chenault, Soul Care Pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Jackson, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Let's get this conversation started. Well, today I have on the Storyform Podcast three great men, uh, Michael Sparks, Joe Leonard, and Chris Weaver. And I asked them here today to talk about an experience that um, they all had last summer. Uh, these three men with a group of other men from our church spent a week hiking uh, in the back country of, of Colorado. But this trip was more than just a, a pleasure trip. Uh, I'm sure they had great memories. It was great fun, but it was really part of an overall strategy uh, for men's ministry here at Fellowship to provide men with intentional, uh, specific adventures. And uh, there really is a, a foundation to these adventures, and that's what I want to talk a little bit about today, This the these adventures that, that are rooted in significant ministry. And so, guys, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Glad, glad to be here. Sure. Michael, I'm going to toss it to you first. Um, when we talk about men's ministry and these intentional adventures, What's the what's the backstory behind that? What why why do these adventures? Well, uh, it, you know, I believe that every man has a desire to be known, and um, it seems like since Genesis chapter three that men have been in hiding, and so and to bring men out of hiding, you've got to create um, a safe place and and safe people and so um i i think sometimes i've heard it described this way do you want to bring your refined self or do you want to bring your raw self and most men want to get raw when it comes to really dealing with the heart and so i think what drives the adventures here at fellowship are are the fact that uh you know women tend to communicate across the table face-to-face in their communication. But my experience with guys and even my own way of communicating is is usually side-by-side in an activity while doing something, you know, and that brings that, um, that comfort level that I can get into my own personal story. And um, – so, you know, I think that's what drives it. Uh, the saying that I've had used with me as a as I was being um, developed, as discipled, was um, love me, then show me. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't really fully be known or fully loved until you're known. Yeah. So, so the adventures are creating a uh, an intentional vehicle mm-hmm. to get men away and uh and see things happen when yeah. you get away and it's you're just together organic. side by side. Yeah, yeah, it's not forcing it, it's just creating opportunity for it to happen. Right. So uh Chris, Joe, you guys were part of this uh trip that went uh on the the back country of Colorado. Just, uh, Chris, just kind of, if you could summarize, what were, uh, what was your experience there? What would you, uh, what would you say were some of the high points for you? Well, I, I think, you know, 
a lot of us focus a lot on our comfort. Um, and just stepping out to say, all right, I'm going to go live in the woods for five nights or six mm-hmm. nights or however many it was. That's out of my comfort zone. Right. And, you know, it's not my comfy bed and my warm house and, you know, you're going out there to sleep in the, in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the high point for me, one of the high points for me was just stepping out of the comfort zone and saying, all right, I'm, I'm getting out there. I'm going to go out there and sleep in the woods mm-hmm. and something's, you know, something's going to happen out there. Right. And, uh, just, just the, just the, that first step to say, I'm going to do it. Uh, and then actually getting out there in the middle of it, that was, that was huge for me because I'm, I'm a, I'm a comfort creature, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, just getting out there with this group of guys and, and in a, in a uncomfortable situation, I mean, it, it breaks you down. And that's part of the adventure is that I don't have any sort of creature comforts here. Um, there's going to be time that I'm cold and I'm wet and I'm hungry and I'm tired and I'm hurting. Yeah. And there's something about that every, that, that forges a relationship. Every time in my life where where something has broken me down, whether that has been sports or you know something like this where I'm I'm broken down to to where I'm struggling, mm-hmm. that's the learning situation. Right. Every time. Right. So, it was that was good for me for to to experience that struggle. Yeah. What would you say was your breakdown moment? Well, I struggled a lot with altitude. Okay. Um, and so when we were, as, as we were hiking, the hiking portion of the day, I mean, we did some, we did some high, <laughs> some high altitude, you know, straight up climbs, uh-huh. you know, at three thirty in the morning, I think one, one of the times we got up super early so we could head up to the very top of this peak yeah. and we're, I mean, we're walking straight up and, and it was already a struggle just being at altitude and so uh, that was probably my, my yeah. breaking point. Yeah, three thirty in the morning, oh, straight up hike. Well, I altitude. mean, it's just like you know, it, it was a struggle yeah. the entire time, altitude wise. Right. Uh, but hiking with this sixty pound pack on your back was it was eye opening. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's also purpose in that three thirty uh, ascent because if we saw what we were about to climb, we would probably be so discouraged that we, exactly. <laughs> it would have worked against us. Right. It was definitely a lesson in, in, in trust and faith with who's leading you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you can look back on it and, um, there's a bond that's created in the suffering together. Exactly. You know, it's kind of the military idea. There mm-hmm. is a, something that's created when we have experienced this together and it really, uh, it's not fun. Yeah. It creates what uh, John Eldridge is, you know, term the band of brothers. Yeah. It it really does right. bond, create a bond between you right. and the guys that right. do it with you. Right, Joe. How about you? High points. Definitely high points to kind of piggyback a little bit with what Chris said. You know, leaving your comforts of home, um, your technology, your cell phones are gone. Right. Your your warmth of your bed is gone, and the high point I think is just relationships, time, relationship, time. Um, with God being in the back country of Colorado without the distractions and then relationship time, you know, relationships were forged with these guys. I mean, some of us with me particularly, um, were strangers to a lot of these guys. So you didn't know any of these guys when you showed up? Not, I didn't know Chris. Um, and then just to think, see that transformation from like the drive to the airport 
to Memphis from Fellowship and what happens in a week's time leaving Memphis Airport and coming back to Fellowship mm-hmm. is just to see that those relationships that were forged are, was spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, what caused you to take the, that's a pretty big risk to show up to something and go, I don't know a lot of these guys. And I'm about to spend five days in the back country with got with very little, if any, uh, amenities. What was the appeal for you? Gosh, I mean, for me, I, I originally, you know, Sparks asked me to go on the trip and, you know, I was, I, this is way out of my comfort zone. I'm a city guy. I've never gone backpacking in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but something was kind of tugging at me that I needed to go on this trip. I really didn't know what it was. Um, you know, COVID hit, business was shut down for a month and a half. And I was thinking, well, now August is approaching that, you know, I, I may not need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I may need to spend my time this week catching back up from missing work for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And but something just kept on pulling at me to, you know, you're supposed to go on this trip. Mm. And, and you took the risk. Thankful I went for yeah, sure. That's yeah. A, yeah, I am too. I, I'm I'm excited to hear about more about the the time there. One of the things that I know is uh, they take away your cell phones. So and they take away your watches too, right? Yeah, you Correct. don't have a clue okay. what time of day. So it what? Is. So yeah. what was the? What was that like? Wonderful. <laughs> Really? You know, I think one of the guys, one of the guys said they've taken groups before where that was a struggle. Okay. But it seemed like with our, with our group, um, I don't know. We all just kind of just went with it and put ourselves out there. And I remember, I mean, there were certain conversations we had just trying to think back to actually what day it was, you know, trying to figure in our minds, what is today? Um, But our group just seemed to, to indulge in it and, and thrive off not knowing times. Okay. Or anything like that. Yeah. So there wasn't like a detox time that you feel like it was almost a welcomed uh, good. I don't have access, and I know that they have right the satellite phone and the emergency thing. If there is an emergency, people can get in touch with you, and you can get in touch with them. So you know you have a safety net, but so you all welcome the the uh, getting rid of all technology. I did. Uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I think we were. Maybe the first day and day and a half, we were wondering things, and I would even catch myself asking, you know, um, you know, what time is it, or, you know, what what time will we get to the camp? And we learned real quickly, you know, when we get there was the answer, <laughs> you know, and so we thought, okay, they don't want to tell us, and that's a good thing, you know, because it's kind of created you know, a comfort in that, you know what, the only thing you're thinking about really is just making it to count mm-hmm. <laughs> and then eating. And, uh, and then it was about, you know, fellowship is about community with the yeah. guys you were with. And so yeah. one, of, one of the lessons that, that Todd, our, our guide, he kept going back to, and, and this is, I guess, one of their uh, primary phrases that they use is being where your boots are mm-hmm. and he talked talked about that several times oh, that's good and and when you figure that out that helps you get to that point mm-hmm. you know not only while you're there but when you come back you know be where your boots are even at home even if you're not wearing boots yeah. you know it doesn't matter it's great you know that kind of that's the kind of thing that 
they break you down to get you to the point where you realize to be where you are at that time and not be thinking about the next thing that you're, you know, be fully that present. you have to do. Be right. fully present where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this process of self-discovery hinges on our willingness to drop the mask. And what I'd say my favorite aspect of the trip, even though I've had backcountry experiences, the difference was um, the story times. Mm-hmm. And Todd, our guide that runs way forward, shared his story first, and it sort of set the president for each one of us. To, wow, this guy just gutted himself in front of us. And they talk about the 10%. We all have a tendency to share 90% of our story. And we kind of withhold that 10% because, you know, it's sacred. And I'm not so sure I can trust these guys with the 10%. And yet, you know, that willingness to um, to get to that place and begin to have that self-discovery and expose a little bit. He exposed everything. and And it drew you to him as if he's he's all of a sudden a safe person. And it set the precedent for each life story that continued. So on trail, you never knew when your life story was going to be, when you were going to have opportunity to tell your story. T- tell me about that. How did, how did that work? Well, it, it was pretty much just uh, share milestones, um, life happenings in your life, good or bad. But somebody would just tap you on the shoulder and go, well, hey, Mike, you, it's your turn. Well, you didn't know until the person, Todd, was the first to share his story. And so the process was the next time we got to the location on trail that we were going to have a life story, Todd would say, well, I'm going to pray for the next person to tell their story. So whoever told their story at the last stop would pray and and actually determine who the life story was going to be. Mm. And so you never knew when you were up. Mm. So that was kind of a mystery, like, I wonder when, I, you know, so you wasn't like you could prepare, you know, but, you know, obviously after Todd told his story and we were knowing that there was going to be a point where we were going to tell our story, I'm sure we were all like, okay, chronologically going through our mind, what is my story, you know, and mm-hmm. some were more used to sharing theirs than others, but the difference was the willingness to go to the 10%. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that that happen in our group. You know, guys really got raw, chose not to be refined self, to bring the refined self. You know, we can all present ourselves in a way that seems refined. It's acceptable. You're going to be okay with me. But when you bring the raw stuff, it's always that question, I wonder how they're going to feel about me. Mm-hmm. So we we experienced that with our with our group. Yeah. Did it take a while to get there? Not very long. No. <laughs> no. I guess when you, when you see Todd, who's basically kind of the leader, break down and share his story and be vulnerable, it just kind of created a safety, I think, for our group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just took then the next person in our group – told their story and you could see the rawness of it. And then everybody was like, well, if he's telling his story and telling the hundred percent of his story, then I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. just kind of snowballed in a good way to create that safety where everybody would be willing to, to share their story and, and share their struggles, their accomplishments. 
with one another. Mm-hmm. And even at the end of your story, what, you know, the story would be, you know, real and raw, but at the end of your story, even at the end, Todd would say, all right, what's your 10%? Mm-hmm. You know, even after you were finished, what's your 10%? The, what's the rest of the story? Mm-hmm. And so. Would that feel threatening? No, not at all. I mean, he, 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 I think he just did it as a reminder to say, all right, we've heard what you said. Now, is there more? There's got to be more or what else is there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, that was, and, and then there was opportunity for us to ask questions or make statements. And, and it was really affirming at times because guys would, you know, get so raw that it would be emotional. And it really gave us opportunity to affirm and to comfort and to say, bro, I've been there. I'm, you know, my, and I, I'm sorry for your pain. So it was, a, it was not just one way sometimes. At the end, it, it became a two-way thing. So. Yeah, which probably created more and more of a safety when that's modeled that, okay, I can actually say these things, and it's met with grace and mercy and mm-hmm. care and love, and that helps me rather than feeling a hiding and shame from that. Yeah, and it perpetuated conversations on trail outside of story time because, you know, you opened up that Pandora's box in someone's life and it created an opportunity Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, just to have conversation beyond. Mm -hmm. Blake Ward just showed up outside my door. That's why we're pausing, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Still, still shocked from it, right? <laughs> um, so, you guys, um, the experience—you've had the time of story, but there was also key questions that he asked you along the way, right? There were key thoughts each day that you had to wrestle with. Is that correct? Well, we had a morning devotion, and and Chris has got one with him. He can give you some of those questions. But the morning devotion time um, was standard, and then we would have a a study at night as well. So Chris may have some of those questions pulled up. But, yeah, we I mean, it was always a self-discovery in the morning. So you're kind of asking these questions of – Chris, what were some of the questions? Well, the – so – Every day you did, uh, you went off and you found your own space and you got to be by yourself. And they had uh, this, they gave us this little booklet and it had our study for the day that we needed to have a little devotional time and, and get into the word and, and experience this. But the questions were, I mean, it, it cuts right to the heart. Like mm-hmm. the, the very first day was, who do you worship? Uh, I mean, it's like, you know, it's there. Let's, let's go straight to the point, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and so those kind of questions, when you're, you're out there in the middle of nowhere, you're struggling on the trail, you've got 60 extra pounds than you're used to carrying. And all of a sudden you get asked this question of like, who do you worship? Mm-hmm. It's like, Whoa, you know, hits you in the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, to be able to take it down to brass tacks, so to speak and say, mm-hmm. let's just get it all on the table and say, who, 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 or what do you worship in your life? And let's. Where's my heart? Where's my heart in this? And I'm away. I'm disconnected from the distractions. I've heard it put this way, that men need to unplug from the matrix. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you know the movie. There is that idea that um, we're in the grind. We're in our jobs. We're raising kids. We're, you know, uh, trying to be good providers and good husbands and uh, leaders in our church and in our home. Um, and and it can be easy to get into just that monotonous grind that um, we're not asking those kind of questions. Mm-hmm. We're not in an environment that's exposing us. We're not in a place that we're, those things are coming forth. And I think that's a huge benefit of, of this adventure. And because our hearts are idol factories, when you step away from the idols, they're so much easier to see them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the, you can't see the trees for the forest. So, you know, we get away from life as we know it, the tyranny of the urgent. And then we start contemplating those questions. And because my heart is an idol factory, and this is the very thing that's keeping me from the intimacy with mm-hmm. my creator, I'm able to see, man, I just spend a little too much time in a, in in whatever it is, whether it's making money or for me and being in the woods too much mm-hmm. um, or, or whatever it might be, you yeah. know, it, everybody's got their own idol. And so that's the value in stepping away and asking those difficult questions. And then you got a group of men that you're on this adventure with that they're doing the same thing. And it's creating this context of saying, um, you know, let's, let's process and talk about the things that are going on in our heart and that we're all jacked yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And, and I found in my experiences that if you just set the right context for men, I think men are really readily available to go to those places. Well, they, they just don't know how they don't have a context and not just from the perspective of who's the storyteller in the situation. Yeah. You know, you're going around the circle and everybody's telling their story, but to flip it around, it makes you think about how good of a listener am I? Mm-hmm. You know, and when Joe's telling his story, am I, you know, think of what I'm going to say. We have nothing else to think about but what he's saying mm-hmm. the whole time he's talking. How many times do you get the opportunity to do that here in Jackson, Tennessee, when you're doing your daily life? I don't, I mean, even with your family, you know, when your kid's talking to you about what they did at school for that day, are you really listening mm-hmm. or are you distracted by something else? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and I love the fact that there are things that, that are unearthed and there are things that are brought to your attention that then are carried over when you come back home. Mm-hmm. You know, those practices of am I really being present? Am I really having time that I can unplug and be reflective about my life? Do I have other guys that I can trust with some of the confusing realities of my life and uh and and guys uh i think again the adventure is the catalyst for that i think that probably uh for whatever reason if you say hey we're going to show up in a classroom at 10 o'clock and do this there's just a hesitancy for that yeah well, I think the classroom is easier. I mean, for instance, after coming back from trail, one of the things that is highly suggested is you got to have a reunion pretty quickly when you get back. Mm-hmm. And that reunion is 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 a, an enormous amount of excitement to get to be with the guys again. Mm-hmm. 
And and what it is is, you know, you've created a memory together and now you're forging, the relationships are forged. So the classroom now is not awkward mm-hmm. because the adventure created the relationships necessary for the classroom to be okay. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes I think we try to create relationships in classrooms and it's like Chris said, you know, when we listen to our kids, we're really thinking about the next thing we need to do or the next person we need to see or, you know, the call we got to make. And we're just not engaged. And I think this teaches us the importance of engagement and connection and and being present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike, and you and I have talked about this um, and just over the years, being able to partner with you uh, in men's ministry of of realizing that um, whether it's, you know, a weekend away, uh, whether it's a Colorado trip, whether it's a trip to the Ocoee, uh, whether it's a day trip to go and do something, um, we have just seen that those environments really fast forward and solidify relationships with men in significant ways. Sure it does. And, you know, we do two on-ramps here for small groups for men and we call our great men events and and it's a big blowout of feeding guys you know and bringing in a speaker and encourage them and 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 challenging them to be in a part of a small group and we might get one or two groups out of that if we're lucky but we guarantee a group once we go on an adventure together those guys are going to be meeting together it happens every time so, yeah, which is a huge benefit, and the relationships already intact is because many times when you create a group from an event like going to a dinner together, then there's that that it's that awkwardness of getting to know each other in the classroom, and I'm not so sure we get to that place fully, but when you have an adventure where you do um you do something like a wild at heart adventure, whether it's the Colorado trip or the Hawassi trip or some of the other things that we do, you get, you fast track it mm-hmm. to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so often just in my own um, pondering and, and even doing a little bit of writing over the years of why is it that it's so difficult for men to create friendships? I mean, I have, conversations very often with men and uh when you really ask them who are the who are the people in your life that know the last 10 percent about you uh, that know the struggles that you have with your temper you know that know that your sexual struggle um that know that you that you have a um you know the difficulty with your job know that you're driven in this way and it's not healthy and very often the answer is, I don't have anybody. And so I think it's um, many men are um, engaged in things, activities, um, but they're walking around unengaged and uninitiated. And I think that's a, a big burden. And um, just in your own experience, guys, I mean, what, what have you seen as you've interacted in your, do you, do you see that as kind of the reality of, 
your relationships as you that this this kind of connection and community is a little bit of a rarity. I think so. Um, I mean, it just it just hit so hard, and especially when we got back, we didn't want to be apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like, well, we got to do something to to stay together. So, yeah. you know, we started a men's Bible class and. Um, a large, I guess about five of us from the trip kind of meet on Wednesday nights and discuss mm-hmm. things. And I think as time goes on, more of the guys from the trip will will, will get into the group. And um, I mean, just last night, I had a conversation with one of the guys on the trip about something that we talked about, um, part of our stories on our trip. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was a, you know, a deep conversation. I mean, I love to talk sports and that sort of thing, but this was something a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more yeah. meaningful. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of the strong relationships that were forged from being out there together. And men, I really think men are so thirsty for that and they're so hungry for that. And they, it's almost like, uh, we have to create some sort of, we got to set the table in some way. And we know that some are going to eat and some are going to respond and some aren't. Um, so Chris, for the, the guy that's real resistant to, do something like this, what would you say to him? Just step out. Yeah. I mean, you get, you, you're going to have to do it eventually one way or the other. If you ever want to experience that kind of relationship with somebody, another man, especially you're going to have to step out of your comfort risk. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a risk. So you can either do it in a, in a way that's very planned and controlled and everybody, you know, that's what you go to that trip for, or you can, do it the messy way in life. And once you do it out there in Colorado, it's like, now you know how to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> you know how to step out and get out of your comfort zone and be real with somebody and be able to really listen to somebody and, and hear what they're saying and hear what is going on in their lives and, and, and be okay with it, you know, and yeah. tell them you're there for support. Right. Right. You know, you don't get that until you step out. Yeah. There's a risk and, and Joe, like you were really not knowing a whole lot of folks, uh, but just feeling that sense that, you know, I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to press through the initial uncomfortable, awkward, because there's always in our experience when we get men together, there's that first initial, like first couple of hours. It's like, okay, you're getting to know each other and it feels really awkward. It is awkward. It's called jockeying for position. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the alpha, so we all have to fall under you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm my old dog. <laughs> you start to, you don't get into as many fights when you get my age. <laughs> yeah, you say, I'll pass that one up. <laughs> it goes back, Will, to that whole desire. Every man desires to be known. Yeah. And if you really want to truly be loved, then, you know, you've got to be willing to be known. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, you know, it's not the gushy gushy, you know, and I think some guys run from it. Like, you know, it's that tough man, you know, it's jockeying for toughness. It's this image thing that we think as men that we've got to bear, but there's something that's so comforting and refreshing when you're truly known. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't have to have pretense anymore. I can just be who I am and know that other guys are going to love me for who I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I, I I bring great value to the relationships of other men. Mm-hmm. 
because all of a sudden now, you know what? Since you revealed your 10%, you're as jacked up as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus is all only hope we have. Mm-hmm. So now can we just be honest mm-hmm. instead of trying to be so refined yeah. or tough? Right. I mean, yeah, we all want to be tough, and I'm sure all of us here would step up and do the right thing if we had to be tough. <laughs> but the reality is, is we really want to be loved if we really get right. If we boil it down, a lot of those things are insecurities because we desire to be loved yeah. and known. Yeah, they're the facades that we very comfortably live in of the driven, successful man or the <laughs> tough guy and and all of that's just a hardened exterior that's probably hiding some of the real thirst and hunger to and what a gift it is to have a group of guys that you can just say here's the good the bad and the ugly Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful that as a as a pastor you know sometimes i think that that's a barrier that well where do pastors have those relationships well you know what pastors have need those relationships and if pastors can't model that then uh then our church is is mm-hmm. in trouble i think you know? we demonstrate that pretty good you know yeah. we get pretty raw with yes, each other absolutely but... and it's a gift yeah yeah that relationship is a gift to say i've got men in my life that um I can open up and talk to about the, the last 10%. Mm-hmm. And it's met with uh, grace. And sometimes it's met with, um, hey, you need to, I'm going to call you up. You know, sometimes it's met with, you're not doing the right thing. And, you know, I'm going to grab you by the face mask and you got to go out and do a better job. You know, there's rebuke to that, which is to get you fired these days. Will (laughs) (laughs) well, it's it's needed. You know, it's needed in those relationships and the gift that that is. Yeah, so I think some people stop short of that hundred percent. Just the fear of being judged by other men, and Mm -hmm. they just don't want to that feeling. Yeah, but when one guy kind of lays it all out there, and everybody's supporting him, and you see his honesty and his openness, and it's a, a supportive. In a non-judgmental manner, it's just like, man, you know, what well, I'm going to do the same. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, it just kind of snowballs and cascades, and yeah. Joe, you did that on trail, and it, it wanted to dry out in the circle, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that and that, that was something that was special, and I think it happened a lot mm-hmm. because I think you realize that these guys really have compassion. You know, and and they got their ten percent that they struggle with too. And if we're honest about it, then that's the beginning of of having a solution to that whatever it is that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. So, what do you say to a man that says, um, "I am not a outdoors guy"? <laughs> I mean, I said that to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not an outdoors guy. I mean, I've done a little bit of everything, but as far as like going out and camping in the woods, never. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, that's like going to the, you went straight from not camping at all ever to going to the real deal where you're sleeping at a tent out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, but I would say, you know, they make it, it's it's the best possible way to jump to that. Mm-hmm. Because you really don't. Cookie cutter. Yeah, you really don't like when I first signed up for it, I was like, what do I need? What do I need to get? Nothing. 
here's your packing list. Take your clothes. They have everything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it was makes it really easy. Yeah. The entry mm-hmm. points really easy. I mean, they, yeah. they, they think of everything. Mm-hmm. They have everything ready for you. They tell you how to pack, how to, how to carry your stuff, what to carry. Nope. You don't need that. Yes. Take, take that, take two of those. You're going to need mm-hmm. two of those. Don't uh, you put that back in the suitcase. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like that from the beginning. And it's like, if I'm going to do this, this is the right way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so even though it was uncomfortable, it was very controlled. Yeah. So, you know, you're not, yeah. you're not just getting dropped off in the woods and you got to pack your own bag and figure out what to wear. And this is what, you know, it's not like that at all. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, when you said earlier, you know, you were cold, hungry and wet. Well, yeah, I mean, there were moments that you, you had some of that, but you know, it wasn't like you're there for five days and you're cold, hungry and wet. I mean, they feed you as good as you'll yeah. eat anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I mean, it, like Chris said, it's it's the best case scenario for a backcountry trip with quality people with quality equipment. Right. Yeah. The yeah. first night, I was a little bit worried. You know, we're at at that time probably uh, nine thousand feet, somewhere like that, in the middle of a driving hailstorm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it was about forty-five degrees. It seemed like the clouds are right on top of you, and mm. hail just pelting you. I'm like, gosh. Personal. Are these next five days going to be like this? <laughs> yeah. But it's just part of the memory. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of the forging of the relationship that you can look back on it and laugh and and uh, have some commonality of the time that you all suffered together through some, you know, but also the joy of seeing the incredible views of uh, the mountain peaks and, and all of that goes into the building of, of, of relationships. And that's what I think is so important. And, and really the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I, I, just to echo what, what Michael is saying, I believe that men, um, that men's ministry best happens in a relational context. And, and that does not in any way diminish the need for, uh, you know, the, the classroom type setting, there is a place for that. There's a place for content and to be, uh, engaged in that way and to grow in our, in our knowledge. We don't want to dismiss that at all, but discipleship happens in a relational context. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not creating on ramps, uh, for men to experience those things, then we're, then we're probably going to have some, disengaged, uh, uninitiated men. And, uh, and I know that the vision for our men's ministry here is to, you know, create, uh, these environments and really the, the, the trip and the setting, it's just an excuse for the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I feel like, unfortunately, most of the time in our lives, we have to have some sort of traumatic experience to get close to God for some reason. Mm. You know, that's, if you hear about, People having a uh, a near death experience, somebody in their family's getting uh, ill, or you know, in the hospital, and they're, they're going to lose somebody. It's like that traumatic experience that gets you to, to that point. Mm-hmm. That's the what breaks you down, right? Mm-hmm. But this was an experience. This was totally different because you're you're getting close to God out there in the middle of nowhere by what's around you and checking out of what's you know. It was a, a good experience, even though it's breaking you down. 
what you're seeing around you gets you close to God out there. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're at three thirty in the morning trucking up this mountain going mm-hmm. straight up and we can see the moon on one side of the peak and the sun rising on the other side of the peak. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was it was an experience. In, in a in a great example of going from the valley to the peak mm-hmm. because the hardest day was also the the height of jubilation at the end of that day because we were all struggling. I was probably struggling the most. These guys had it. But, you know, I think um, getting up that hill and and having these false peaks when we thought we were there and then realize, oh, no, we got more climbing to do. And then to get to that peak and have that ultimate celebration, we were like, you know, it was it was like getting to glory. But it was just another example of trusting the person who's leading you. Yeah. Over and over again. Every time I felt like, okay, we're almost there. I can see it. Nope. Not there. You know. Yeah. yeah. But we didn't know where we were going, but Todd knew where he was going. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. The, the just the thought process of there's somebody leading us just trust him and follow mm-hmm. and we're yeah. going to get there. And we did. Yeah. 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 And so much of it is just what we've talked about for men to say, I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to step out and engage something that, uh, has a pretty high probability that it's going to have some pretty significant fruit in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love the fact that, you know, when you get men together, I think about Michael and you and I do our, our men's uh, weekend and, um, you know, we have a time that we do some skeet shooting, uh, and there are guys there like this past, uh, time we did it. There are guys there that have never held a shotgun before. And, and you would think that that would create something that would make them feel small or make them feel stupid or make them feel like, Oh man, I'm not a man. I don't know how to load a shotgun, but the context is just, Hey, we're, everybody's on the same level. And so we treat everybody as if they're that person that's never held a shotgun. And so what happens is, you know, somebody that's never shot a shotgun and they start nailing it and we're high five like, like and, and yeah, we're going, <laughs> you're killing it, man. You're killing it. You've never shot a gun. And it, they're, they're taking, you know, skeet after, you know, shot after shot and they're killing it. That is part of all the ingredients of, of forging community and relationship with men. There needs to be substance. There needs to be uh, risk. There needs to be uh, an, an ability to say, I've got, uh, I can be a mess in the presence of love, which is ultimately a mm. picture of the gospel. Um, and there needs to be fun. And yeah. I think when all of those things are together, you have a really high probability of seeing a real band of brothers that are with you uh, for many, many years. It's and not, I'm thankful we do that. Yeah, it's not just the struggle. That, that brings you to that point either. Mm-hmm. It's the sense of accomplishment at the yeah. end of every day right. and the end of it, the trip. Right, we've done you know, this. Because there are some guys, you know, that may have, have never played sports and never experienced a win, never mm-hmm. experienced, a you know, a big yeah. championship victory or yes. whatever that might be or shooting a shotgun or whatever, right. when, you know, and be, yeah. being successful and yes. accomplishing something like that. And then you get out right. there and you struggle for five night, five days and you're uncomfortable and you finish and you're like, if I can do this, what can right. I do? What else can I do in my life? Right. You know? Yeah. Men need to feel that sense of initiation, that sense of I stepped out. It could be something as small. I know in my own world, it could be something as small as, 
hey, I fixed the sink. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because because I think as men, we walk around, if every man were to get really honest, they would say, the world is demanding so much of me, and it's demanding a dollar, and I've got a nickel in my pocket. Mm. That's how most men feel. Mm. And so I think to be able to say, you know what? That's common to all of us. That's part of the masculine journey that we're all on. And we've got those that are walking alongside of us together through this. I just think that's so powerful. And I want to champion that. And I hope a lot of men listen to this podcast and um, and say, uh, man, I'm going to take a risk to get connected. Mike, if, if somebody's listening to this um, and they're saying, I think I want to do this trip, what's mm. the next steps? Well, uh, obviously, they could call here at Fellowship uh, Bible Church, but uh, they could also get on our website and go to our men's page, and and we've got categorically those uh, this these two trips that we're doing this summer. Uh, one of the trips has a fly fishing component to it, mm-hmm. so if they want to fly fish, we're going to have that. Uh, it's still going to be a backpacking trip. And then the second week, uh, which will be the first week of August, is going to be similar to what uh, Chris and Joe and I did together. And it's just strictly backpacking. So, uh, you know, calling the church office or, um, you know, going to our website, they can register mm-hmm. online there and they can call us. And I'll be right. glad to talk further with them about them and is it safe to say i mean this is not a, a blanket thing but is it safe to say that if 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 the cost is too daunting of a thing that 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 is something we want to be willing to say you know let's let's talk about that absolutely i mean there we we've raised some scholarships for those that couldn't afford to go we do it now in installments so mm-hmm. that they can pay over time and not have to pay one lump sum and and then if you know we can talk about you know um, you know, do they need assistance? And, and we'll offer some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some assistance of money available. Yeah. So, And I would make this case that if there's anything that you can invest your money in, this would be something really, really that would yield huge return. I think Eternal. Josh Josh Beck, who went with us, he, he made the comment that there's been uh, numerous wives that said, I want my husband to go if that's what yes. the – byproduct of your husband going is done for you. I want my husband to go. And I think that's really important because I think it's easy to go, well, gosh, you get to go for a week in Colorado backpacking. So it's, it's more strategic than that. This is, yes, there's fun. Yes, there's pleasure. And, but the the point of it is all the stuff that, that you guys have talked about that you experienced, that is something being built in, uh, in you that will carry you for the rest of your life. Which I, I think, think it's important, important for women to know, wives to know that Eldridge used to say uh, in in his um, in his book Wild at Heart, which is a great book for men to read, is every man needs a, an adventure to live. You know, he needs a uh, a battle to fight, mm-hmm. and he needs a, a dame to rescue. Yeah. And that's just in the DNA of men. And so, you know, we want to rescue our families. We want to be the men that God has called us to be. And and we fail. We fall short at that at times, you know. So there's got to be grace there. But at the same time, if we're given opportunity to be put in situations where we can grow there, 
the wife will be the beneficiary of sending her husband off yeah. on, on something like yeah, this. Yeah, the world. The world would be businesses and Absolutely. the church and society will be better when there's uh, better men. Guys, you are great men, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing your journey with us today. Thanks, Will. Thank Thanks, Will. Thank you for joining us today on the Story Forum podcast. For more information about Fellowship Bible Church in Jackson, you can visit us at fellowshipjackson.com. Join us next time as we enter into the story of others together.